Hi, this is Carrie Mitchum. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond with your host, Stephen Brittingham. Enjoy the show. Hi, friends and listeners. This is host Stephen Brittingham. Do you happen to have a question or a comment for me? Or perhaps you feel that you might make an interesting guest here on Hollywood and Beyond. Whatever your reason may be, please feel free to contact me anytime directly at the show's official email address. That would be Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. That is Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you soon. You can receive all the latest episodes of Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham delivered to your favorite listening device by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever happens to be your favorite podcast listening service. Don't miss out. Tune in. Thank you for listening. And now your host, actor and writer, Stephen Brittingham. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast, friends and listeners. This is your host, actor and writer, Stephen Brittany. Exciting and new. Come aboard. We're expecting you and love. Life's sweetest. The lady behind the role of Clues director Julie McCoy on Aaron Spelling's television worldwide blockbuster, The Love Boat. Warren Tweeds is here as my extra special guest today. Miss Stubing just told me that the company has assigned a trainee for me to break in. And you're worried about how you look for a trainee? Well, it's up to me to set a good example for her. Oh, it's a her. Her. Does my shirt look okay? Hey, what about my time? What about my hair? Casual, but... Okay, you guys, cut it out. She's here to learn the business, not get it. Now, behave yourselves. Behave yourselves, Victor. Starting right now. Uh, Miss McCoy? Connie Evans? Yes. Welcome aboard. Thank you. Ah, well, Yeoman Purser Smith at your service. Uh, Isaac Washington, Chief Barman. I'm Dr. Adam Bricker, the ship's physician. If you have any questions about your body... Doc! <laughs> it's really nice to meet you all. Connie, don't let these clowns scare you. The rest of the crew is normal. Oh, Connie, believe me, we're the only ones worth knowing. The rest mm-hmm. of the crew is strictly chopped liver. And on behalf of all of us chopped liver, allow me to introduce myself. I'm Captain Steubing. I'm just leaving. Um, uh, nice to meet you. <laughs> My offer still holds. Okay. It's an honor to meet you, sir. I've heard so much about you. Why, uh, thank you. I, uh, I'm delighted to have you with us. I'm sure you'll learn a great deal from Miss McCoy. Oh, you don't know how grateful I am for this opportunity. Julie is supposed to be the best cruise director afloat. Well, I don't know about the best, but then who am I to judge? <laughs> I think I better start cruise directing. Yes, carry uh, on. It's an open smile On a friendly shore It's love Welcome to The one-hour primetime comedy, which often featured dramatic and emotional storylines, was often set aboard Pacific Princess. 
Lauren is here to share some memories from her time on the love boat, as well as some from her own artistic journey. Lauren Tweez, welcome to Hollywood and Beyond. Thank you, Stephen. I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm equally as happy. It's wonderful to have you here. So thank you for this uh, exciting opportunity to speak with you. I really appreciate it. And Lauren, how about we start at the very beginning? Would you mind letting the listeners know where you were from? Oh, I was born in Pennsylvania, and my family moved to California when I was eight years old. So that was 1962. And uh, I lived in California for a long time and then moved to uh, the Pacific Northwest about 25 years ago. I see. So you got to uh, experience a few different locations and areas. Uh, That's very nice. Well, how did your interest, though, in acting first develop for you? Well, when my family moved to California, I had some, uh, you know, we were new to the neighborhood, and uh, somebody said, oh, let's go audition for the children's theater production, and I did, and I got a part. So I was in Hans Brinker and the Silver Skates. (laughs) I played the part of Katrina Flack, and uh, that was the first time I acted. And and it started this journey for you. Well, that's very yeah. nice. And I assume drama perhaps in high school as well? Yes, I also did speech contests. You know, there used to be speech uh, competitions. So I would do a little monologue in those things. And uh, I was in the plays in high school. I didn't take classes, but it was an extracurricular thing. And then I went on to college and acted in college and then got a a scholarship in acting to UC Riverside. And I went there for a while. And then I moved on to Hollywood and learned some film acting. And I'm assuming that perhaps you might have really enjoyed uh, your theatrical experiences. I mean, is that something that you found really enjoyable uh, before you, you know, went on to do television? Yes, definitely. uh, (laughs) Television came as a surprise to me. I was always training and planning to be a theater actor. Oh, I see. Well, it's something about that live audience, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Definitely. And you can learn so much about your your craft and, and also how to think on the fly, because if something goes wrong, you've got to keep going. Are you an actor yourself, Stephen? I am, yes. And what's your experience? Well, let's see. Like you, I started off in theater. And eventually, um, I started getting a few uh, film roles. Um, I uh, directed a play, a theatrical play of over 30 children, if you can believe that. Um, Wow, that sounds hard. uh, Let me tell you. uh, Yes, very challenging. And I did theater in North Carolina, Ohio, where I'm from, here in Cincinnati. And then when I went out west to, to Los Angeles and Hollywood, I continued my training. I got some uh, more film roles. But to kind of sum up the story, I headed back home to help care for my grandmother, who raised me. Yeah, that's a good idea. And uh, I'm going to be honest, and I had a son, and I was away from artistic projects for years. 
But with this podcast a few years ago, it was my entryway back to artistic projects. So I'm just very grateful that I'm uh, able to be a part of such things again. Oh, that's nice. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. And um, let me tell you, try drinking warm milk on stage and, and, and keeping a straight face because that happened to me once. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you've had a few stories as well where something unexpected happens. So, well, that's very interesting. Now, I'm just very curious, Lauren, like when you were growing up, did you have a favorite activity that you like to do for fun? The same activity I still like to do for fun, which is read novels. Oh, nice. I'm a big reader, and uh, strangely, even though growing up in Southern California, my sister and I used to hide in the garage in the summer and read books. Oh, wow, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I love well, to read books, too, so I totally understand. It's, it's, well, hey, you get to use your imagination, you know? Exactly, exactly. Well, that, that's, that's very interesting. Now, I'm just curious, though, before your, our, your acting journey really picked up steam, I mean, were you a big fan of movies in general or television? Not at all, no. Not at all. Well, isn't that something? <laughs> it, which became a, a detriment for me when I was doing The Love Boat because I really very rarely knew who the guest stars were. Ah. And this is before the, this is before the Internet. So I spent a lot of time uh, trying to look things up in books, but it was hard. It was hard. I had, it was a good, uh, good education for me, but I didn't come prepared. Hmm. Wow. Yes. Well, obviously this is way before cell phones and the internet for public usage. Absolutely. So it's not like you could go home uh, and go, oh, I'll prepare for this uh, upcoming script because I can just look these people up and get a good, good feel for them. It wasn't like that. <laughs> not at all. And not at all. Well, I'm looking forward to actually uh, bringing that topic up. So many talented and amazing people from classic Hollywood, so to speak. And uh, I have some more questions about that. But I thought I'd uh, ask you this. From my understanding, you were a waitress, I, I, I believe on Sunset Boulevard or somewhere nearby, right before you uh, landed the opportunity to portray Julie. So I'm wondering, is that true? And is it also true that basically you only had like one night's notice, like you were going to be filming the next day? Yes, uh, I was. I was not actually working as a waitress when I got the love boat. Gotcha. But I was working at I was working as a waitress when I got my first television job, which was an episode of Charlie's Angels. Oh. And uh that day I had the day that I got that call, I also had to go and film because they decided to use me that right away. Hmm. Um when I got the love boat, I auditioned the day before the show started filming. I see. So it was the third, it was the third pilot. And uh, Gavin and I were only in the third pilot. We weren't in the first two. And uh, I was hired the day before. I spent the day in auditions and the evening at uh, 20th Century Fox Studios waiting for Aaron Spelling and the other producers to view some footage of an, a Starsky and Hutch episode I had just filmed. And then they, I got the call from my agent while I was there that I was starting the next day. So <laughs> wow. I, 
I got home about nine o'clock at night and had to be on location the next morning. And I had to borrow some money to put a tire on my car to get to the location. <laughs> wow. Whatever it took to get there, right? Um, that is something else. Well, you know, there is the perspective that an actor needs to be ready at any moment for an opportunity, and I think that's a perfect example right there. Uh, but I have to ask you, uh, when you were doing your audition, did they exactly tell you what they were looking for in Julie, or were they kind of leaving some interpretation for you? Actually, Stephen, during the course of the day, I was there for several hours, uh, I, they changed the interpretation of Julie oh. as the day went on. The character started out, remember this was 1977. So at that time, women were, Mary Tyler Moore was a big character, and it was new for women to have any sort of authority. So the character of Julie was written as a senior officer of the ship, which a cruise director is. And it was never a woman. So that was, there was a bit of conflict there. Uh, they wanted it to be, they wanted to be showing a woman in power or in, with some authority, but at the same time, they didn't want to give her too much power. And they wanted there to be conflict between the captain and the cruise director initially that, uh, I don't know quite what that conflict was supposed to be, but it didn't turn out. Uh, and through the course of the day, uh, they kept asking me to soften it down a little bit. Could you just be a little um, more feminine and uh, and don't be so don't be so harsh. You know, all words that we we understand now as trigger words. But uh, at the time, I just complied. I'm an actor, and I kept making the adjustments. And she eventually ended up into sort of the. Mm, slightly dim, uh, friendly person she became. <laughs> very friendly, very courteous character. Uh, lots of positive vibes about your character. I also enjoyed your energy as an actress, uh, Lauren. I, I, I think that you brought so much uh, light to your scene, so to speak. And that's one of the reasons why I enjoyed your performance so much. Thank you. I think that comes with being 23. <laughs> I hear you. Well, I almost felt like I needed to give you a, a boarding pass when I welcomed you to the show, because that's like embedded in my brain of, of, of your character welcoming so many, of course, guest stars um, on the ship and, and on episodes. So I almost was going to offer you that when we uh, first started speaking. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, um, had you met or anything by chance involving your your co-stars, you know, Gavin, Fred, Ted, uh, Bernie, had you ever met them prior to uh, starting The Love Boat? No, I met all of them at the Queen Mary the first day of filming. Oh, wow. And I had, and I had the experience, because, of course, Gavin is somebody I knew, because I had seen the Mary Tyler Moore show, and I kept stumbling over my name, I was supposed to be introducing myself to the new captain and say, hi, I'm Julie McCoy, the cruise director, sir. And instead, I kept saying, hi, I'm Julie McLeod. And of course, oh. he has, Gavin has a daughter named Julie. So it made us laugh. And it was, it was my very first line. 
and my first mistake. <laughs> I can sympathize because my mind often plays tricks with me on, on names. Every now and then when I'm, uh, you know, hosting this podcast, uh, my mind will say, nope, you're supposed to say it, which is usually the wrong way. So <laughs> I can kind of understand that when your mind plays tricks with you. Well, wow. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, the chemistry between all of you is just, um, it's just uh, so enjoyable. It's, uh, it's, to me, it's like, it's like some magic. It's like television magic. Just all of you work so well together. I think that that's a function of the fact that we're all theater actors. Ah. And we made an agreement, I believe it was Bernie who, who voiced it in the beginning, who said that you know, we're going to be here for a long time, probably. We thought at least five years. We didn't mm -hmm. have any idea. Uh, and we're going to have, they're going to be new guest stars every week. So we're going to be the core players. And we just need to remember we're doing a play every day. And I, that stuck with me. Thank you for sharing that. That backs up what uh, Fred had said to me when he was a guest recently of his theatrical experience. So it goes along with what you're saying. Well, that's very interesting to me. On our hiatuses, each of us went off and did plays. So oh, wow. we, were doing, we were doing the love boat during the bulk of our year, but we took our vacation time, all of us, to do theater across the country. And that was no doubt very bene beneficial for all of you as well. Um, well, let me ask you, Gavin McLeod, what made him the perfect choice to play the captain? As an actor, he was a wonderful man to play with. He's a, he's a delightful person. You know, the thing I really enjoy about The Love Boat is that it seems like a team group effort. I mean, sure, Gavin portrays the captain, and I suppose in a way, one might think of him as like, the leader, so to speak. But I still feel like it's a group effort. And I just wanted to say you all succeeded on that front uh, so well. Thank you. And, I, and I, would, I would attribute that to just our agreement at the very beginning to do a play every day. I see. Well, you had mentioned, um, of course, uh, a lot of people maybe you were not familiar with, let's say from classic Hollywood or maybe just in general. And you really had to catch up on that. So I would like to ask you, you know, I'm thinking as an actor, when you started to realize the kind of folks that would show up every week, like, okay, there is a theme here. We have a lot of high profile guest stars and not all of them were older. Of course, there was people who were well known at the time or up and comers, but I'm wondering, did that ever cause any anxiety for you personally? Like, wow, every week I just have to show up and be on my A game every time. Or were you very comfortable? in that process? Well, I never felt threatened by the guest stars. Um, they were other actors in the play we were doing. Um, I, I think my ignorance kept me blissfully ignorant so that I didn't have too many preconceived notions. I did have some people I was thrilled to work with, uh, Haley Mills, Vincent Price, uh, Ruth Gordon. I mean, there were certain people that I did know and that I was very excited. I was always interested to meet these people. And I, I did know a little bit about them, but they weren't intimidating in any way. We were all there as, as actors. Um, 
nobody nobody came on the love boat to act like a big star. That wasn't what we were about. We were just telling the story and and moving on. Well, that's very nice to hear. And I'll tell you what, no matter who you were up against or your scene involved, uh, Lauren, you just um, you just did an outstanding job. And uh, you interacted you. so well with the guest stars. And, and the thing I like about you is that, you know, you're not just the same every episode. Uh, you know, if a character was getting under your, or excuse me, if another character was getting under your character's skin, she might get frustrated. Or if there was a little flirtiness going on, that would be shown. So I like the variety that you expressed as an, as an actor. Very enjoyable. Uh, if I could ask you about Vincent Price, I believe there was the Halloween episode that stands out in my mind. And I just wanted to know what it was like to work with Vincent Price. I've never been able to ask anybody that. <laughs> well, he was my favorite guest star of all the guest stars on The Love Boat. Um, Vincent Price was somebody I knew from scary movies, black and white movies. Mm-hmm. And he was, I met him when I was at the very beginning. I think he was in the first season. So I was 23 or 24. And he was the first real gentleman I ever met. He taught me about, he spoke to me very kindly and very generously. And he talked about fine art and good food and wines and literature. He was, uh, we spent a lot of time on the set and he was very generous with his time and energy. And I just was introduced to all of the ways a man can be genteel and kind and good. I loved him. That's very nice to hear. Thank you for for sharing that. That put a big smile on my face to hear oh, that. Oh, good. <laughs> well, this might be a perfect time for me to ask you about uh, three people that uh, appeared on the love boat that to me kind of stands out in my mind. And uh, again, I'm very excited just to ask you Maybe if you have a story about working with them or just your thoughts in general. And one would I'll be... I'll try to remember. Well, I appreciate that very much. Um, one is a... It was a, a, a really zany episode where Red Buttons was the guest star. And whenever your character was there and other people were there, he was pretty normal. But when it was just you, you know, his character and Julie... He was like really, really pursuing her big time. <laughs> like, I mean, he was pretty, uh, uh, you know, aggressive about it and, and just trying to uh, uh, seduce you, so to speak, and all that. And then when someone would show up, he'd be normal again. So I just wanted to ask what it was like working with Red. Uh, well, he's a very talented comedian and a very talented uh, straight actor. And we did some physical comedy, which was nice. Yeah. I remember throwing my back out, doing something on the floor with him where he was chasing me or I was chasing him. I don't remember, but, uh, yeah, he was a nice guy. It it was, you know, one of the things about playing Julie was I spent, uh, the writers put me in situations with a lot of men who were much older than me. And, you know, that's okay. That was okay in Hollywood. It's, they still do it. Um, but it it never struck me as realistic, you know, because, I mean, I was a 20-year-old. I was in my 20s. They were in their 40s, 50s, 60s. Yeah. And I was 
supposed to be romantically involved with them. So it was never, a per, it was not personal. Um, it was definitely a professional relationship. And Red Button, you know, he's an Academy Award winner. He, he definitely had my respect and mm-hmm. uh, I was there to learn from him. <laughs> that was a fantastic episode. Lots of fun. Now, this next gentleman, again, older like you just put out there, and you're right, now that I think about it, it seems like you were paired up with so many older gentlemen. That's very interesting to me. Um, And that is Robert Stack. Of course, many know him as the host of Unsolved Mysteries, but when I rewatched that episode recently, it was refreshing to see him as an actor, so to speak, and not just hosting Unsolved Mysteries, which he was phenomenal as. Uh, Any memories of working with Robert? He was a really nice guy. I remember there were horses in that episode. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I was always stuck with with animals. Um, yeah. I love animals, but I <laughs> they're not necessarily your favorite acting partners. Um, I I just remember him being very kind, and uh, I I don't remember a lot about that episode other than walking around the racetrack. At Santa Santa Anita Racetrack with horses. Hmm. That I remember with him. And I believe Gopher wound up uh, racing on one of the horses, if I oh, have that okay. if I have that correctly. Yeah. Um, I, I think Captain Steubing was unaware that there was a horse on board, and for a while he would hear noises that the horse would make, and be like, "Did you oh. hear that?" And they'd be like, "Nope." Didn't See, hear I don't remember. I don't remember that. Episode. <laughs> this is a this is a thing for me, Stephen. Um, I was, I remember being very disappointing to an interviewer from Australia who wanted to ask me about David Hasselhoff. And I guess David Hasselhoff is a big, um, big deal in Australia. And I, I know he is worldwide, but I didn't remember working with him. And apparently I kissed him. So, but you know, like I say, there were plenty of people I had to kiss. Sure. Well, you are not disappointing me at all. Just so you know, not whatsoever. (laughs) And I totally understand. Well, I know it's been a few years. <laughs> well, uh, let's just see how this goes. Um, because you worked with him twice, uh, just so you know. Uh, and uh, really, oh, wow, it really looked like the characters were going to go off in the sunset together. Of course, it didn't happen. But down the road, the uh, ship heads to the Alaska area. And your character actually tracks him down. But he's already gotten involved with someone. And that is uh, Tony Roberts, who played a dad of two teenage daughters, if I remember correctly. Um, I'm just wondering, uh, what was it like to work with him twice? Oh, Tony was very nice and funny, too. Um, And he was great. He was great. He was a bigger star than than I was. and And I do remember that he had a... Well, you know, we were different and we were from different worlds. Mm -hmm. I was a young woman from L.A. He was a New York icon and uh, we didn't have a personal relationship, but we did get along very well on camera and and on set. We were we got along very well. Well, I really appreciate you being so gracious, sharing some memories of those uh, fine and talented people. Thank you so much. Uh, This is the perfect time for me to ask you about this because I'm thinking about your scenes with him, with Tony, is is how dramatic some of them could be. Uh, That's one of the things I liked about The Love Boat. You go from this 
this like feel good comedy and and some slapstick moments here and there to emotional moments. And I like that. I like that you can have both together it played out very nicely. Um, for you as an actress, when you got your script and you noticed that, hey, Julie's going to have to be really emotional, I might even be teary-eyed during this scene. I mean, did you relish those type of moments? Um, well, I always liked having a better part in the script because sometimes, I, you know, there were so many of us and so many guest stars that you nobody was ever the star of that episode, every episode, right? Um, right. I always enjoyed getting my my featured episodes. Yes, I did. And uh, I'm, I assume you did, but you never know. I'll ask. After a week's work, did you uh, view the episode when it was on on Saturday night to see how it all turned out? No, you didn't. No, did I did not. Okay, I have never been fond of of watching myself. I see. So uh, I did record them, and for years I had them on. I recorded them on a Betamax machine straight from my television. Oh, Beta, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago. Um, and I I remember that my coming back to them, you know, it's been 40 years. So uh, mm -hmm. maybe 20 years ago, I remember looking at some of the episodes. And my favorite part of those tapes was the commercials. So, because <laughs> it recorded the whole episode, and you could see some of history just by watching the commercials. Well, the good old VCO. But I'm not the I'm not the kind of actor that likes to uh, look at my work and critique it. I don't. I don't think that's my job. I think that's the audience. You know, job. that's very interesting to me, Lauren, because Fred said that there was actually years worth of material he has not seen from the Love Boat to this day. Yeah. So it's we, uh, we work we work twelve fourteen sixteen hours a day mm -hmm. to go home and watch it was ne needed a not break. Not what we wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little downtime, right? I think you deserved it after a hard week's uh, uh, work there, no doubt about it. And just uh, curious, the laugh track that's featured on the show—it's interesting to me, Lauren. Sometimes when I watch it, I almost don't even notice it. I just find that fascinating. And I noticed that they didn't really overdo it. Like it was just here and there, which I also thought was wise. Um, have you ever thought what it would be like though, if there was no laugh track? Uh, well, I always thought they were the dolphins because weren't we at sea? Who's yes. doing all that laughing? <laughs> yeah. Um, so where are they watching this from? <laughs> Jill Whelan. Okay. I was just going to ask what it was like uh, working with her. And if I could say from an acting standpoint is that for such a, a young person, I, I, her scenes were so good. I mean, like a naturally talented young lady. She's a very talented person. She's very talented as, a per, as an actor, also as a singer and a producer. She's really got all the, she's got all the tools in her toolbox. And as a young girl, she was just delightful. I mean, she, we didn't spend a lot of time on the set together because she had to go to school. But when we were actually working, we always got along. We had a kinship in that we were both the only women. And we were definitely the only women, in, the only females in a very male-dominated uh, environment. And we had some of the same problems, and we were able to talk to each other. Hmm. Gotcha. 
Well, uh, Lauren, I'm just very curious. You know, uh, yeah. rewatching the show all these years with the character with you know the good doctor, and being quite the um, admirer of women, so to speak, uh, all done in good heartiness, no question there. Um, and I always loved when he saw a beautiful lady enter the ship, he'd be like, well, hi there. He, he always had this like certain greeting that let you know he was interested. But I'm thinking if the love boat was made today, the fact that the, the crew got romantically involved with the passengers, doesn't that seem like that would be a major obstacle today? No. I don't uh, think so. No, no. Um, I met my second husband on a cruise ship. Uh, He was a crew member. No, I think that that's part of what happens when people are on ships. Um, Absolutely. Romantic setting. I will say that the, the love boat, if you look at it realistically, was, um, it was pretty lascivious. It was not, the good, clean, fun people think it was. It was actually about people hooking up randomly, casually. Uh, if you if that didn't work out, here Julie will introduce you to somebody else. <laughs> um, and when for the men, for the most part, you know, Julie never had sex. Julie uh, was sort of one of those classic virgin characters, but. Uh, she had lots, she kissed lots of people and fell in love with lots of people, but never got anywhere. Um, but, and that was pretty much a, a, a function of the times uh, that women were put in a certain category and left there. Um, the men were able to, if you think of it, the doctor was pretty loose with his morals. Um, and it was funny, you know, that mm-hmm. was okay. It yes. wouldn't. It wouldn't really fly modern and now. I don't think, but it was okay because it, it suited the times. Exactly. And if you recall, at the time in the seventies, we were actively um, lobbied against by the moral majority. Hmm. We were very. We were banned in several areas. There were certain episodes. Certain countries didn't want. Still don't. Ep, don't. Uh, air that there was some social conflict that it doesn't really fly if you really look at it. Well, thank you for sharing. Is that, that a is that a surprise to you, Stephen? Uh, actually, not at all. Um, I'm pretty okay. open minded about these things, and I I like learning perspective from people. Uh, so that was very uh, interesting to listen to. I really I didn't make it up. Oh, no, I believe you. <laughs> I believe you completely. Well, that, that's very interesting. Thanks for sharing that. Now, Lauren, I'm just wondering, though, when it comes to fame or you being recognized by the public, I mean, you know, it takes mm-hmm. a while when a show gets going, right? But the more it's on yeah. and the more popular it gets, I mean, you going to the grocery store, for example, or was there a, a moment where you kind of were like, wow, um, things are changing a little bit here? I'm going to say no. Okay. Because I've always been able, I mean, I, I, I've always been able to, if I wanted to be recognized, I could be. 
And if I didn't want to, I could um, blend into the background. So that, you know, might have been a function of wearing different clothes, wearing makeup, not wearing makeup. Um, I pretty much kept to myself. I worked a lot, and so I wasn't out in the public. And also, we were working in Los Angeles, where it was pretty normal to be somebody on TV. And, uh, you know, in the first couple of years, we just worked and worked and worked. Mm-hmm. We, weren't, we weren't hanging around a lot. And uh, I didn't really start to get recognized until after the show was over. Very interesting. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, uh, I like your, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but the first few years when they would have you in the credits and you'd show up. And you'd be like the last one, and and then would have your name, and you kind of had this smile, and then you looked to the side, and I thought, oh wow, that's kind of cool. She looked to the side, you know. Uh, all the opening credits were always so enjoyable, and I teased Fred how he had always the dramatic turnaround, and his answer to yeah. that was, well, look at it this way, Stephen. If they had me turning towards the sea, that would have been a bad sign. So I was like, you're, you're probably right about that, Fred. And then later on, he walked up the stairs and I thought, okay, he's got it figured out. Uh, here's a question from an acting perspective, uh, Lauren. What did you find to be the most challenging part of portraying uh, Julie McCoy over the seasons while on the show? I think I, it was lonely to be the only woman. I think... Um, there was a lot of pressure on me, uh, a lot of criticism of my appearance and my um, my appearance. And I was young and didn't know how to deal with that pressure. Uh, it, your appearance, was, as far as your your looks in general. Yes, I was um, criticized for not being not looking like a woman, uh, not being curvy enough. I was encouraged to have plastic surgery, which I did did not want to do. And there was uh, pressure for that. Um, I was criticized when I gained a little weight that I was now uh, monstrously huge. Um, I was... uh, My... My physical attributes were criticized often, daily. And that, that was a hard thing to swallow, but hmm. that was the way it is. I'm very saddened to hear that because not only is that disrespectful towards you as an actress and as a woman, I mean, I think some people need to get their eyesight checked because, um, you know, as I'm reviewing the series, one of the things that stood out to me is what, a, what an attractive, good-looking woman you are. Thank you. That is not a, not a, a sentiment that was shared by the producers. I well, too bad I wasn't a producer at that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could have used you, Stephen. Where were you when I needed you? I am mystified to hear other people's response, but I guess it's that... that approach of things have to be just one way only and i don't i don't understand that but i'm very saddened to hear that now i'm wondering was this maybe a uh, was this the reasoning behind some of your personal strug- struggles throughout the series i think it was definitely a contributor a contributor um, i was also 
I, I, it was definitely a contributor. And um, I, I think I was frustrated and did not have outlets. And so I was, I got involved with cocaine and that was a bad, bad place for me. It wasn't good for my personality or my body or anything else. And actually, once I finally gave it up and I started to gain weight, I got even more grief from the producers because now I wasn't rail thin anymore. Um, it it was a, a losing battle for me. I was never what they wanted. It was it was difficult for me. Well, I imagine this must have caused a great deal of uh, depression. I mean, I, I would imagine. Um, the, the... It did, but I, I wasn't able to identify it at the time. But... Mm. Um, it was it was it was a struggle for me, and I didn't handle it well. Obviously, I was not I'm not physically built for uh, fame. I think I like to work. I'm an artist. I like to act. I enjoy the creative process, but I did not I didn't have an, a background in how to be famous, so I kept messing up. I I didn't know. I do I was the least experienced including Jill, of all the actors, because I just didn't have the body of work behind me that I have now. Um, it would be a very different situation now, but I, w- I was trying very hard to please everybody, and I was, in fact, pleasing nobody. And th- so it was a lovely surprise for me after the show was over to realize that I actually had been successful and that I had reached the audience, which was who I was working for all along. Yes. Um, so I, it, it's been very rewarding for me to find out that even though I was under so much pressure while I was there, um, the, the long-term effect has been that I did get through to the audience, and that's lovely. I, I'm really pleased about that. Well, you sure did. Um, I, I enjoy all of the episodes you were on. And, uh, it's, been, it's been very encouraging for me to realize that I was successful even though i was being told i was not so that that mm. is very encouraging for me i feel like you've proved them wrong i mean maybe now maybe back then you didn't feel that way but i because it's so obvious you're an outstanding actress i mean i i thank you there's no other way to put it um uh i see Thanks. it all in each and every episode for example your choices your skills so you know i hope you know and i mean that sincerely doesn't have anything to do with fame. I really respect and admire your achievements um, as an actress. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It, it turns out, it turned out that while I was doing that job, my job, my intention was always to improve as an actor. And I saw all of the guest stars as a big open acting school. And they were all professors for me. And I learned from each and every one of them. But where I was disappointing to the producers was that I had no idea how to be the star of a television show. And I was, um, it was, I was often asked, who do you, who do you think you are doing such and such? You're the star of a television show where I was told daily, I was not the star of the television show that the stars of the show were the, the ship, the guest stars, Gavin, and then us. And that was always the, the hierarchy that we were told. And 
I was um, I was a disappointment to the producers. Well, you're far from a disappointment to the millions of viewers, even the the new ones that discover it today. I have no that, doubt about that whatsoever. That is fun for me, and I'm really happy about that. Well, I'm glad it makes you happy, because I, I mean every word of it. Well, before I ask you just a little bit about life today, uh, mm-hmm. I, I just thought I would uh, ask you this, because I actually did not ask Fred. I'm just thinking, just with how humorous so many of these situations are, was there, uh, I mean, what do you recall when you think back? I mean, did you guys get you through your scenes pretty well, or was there a lot of breaking down with la- unintentional laughing just because you couldn't help yourself? I've seen it happen on stage. I'm sure that's happened to you where someone suddenly their face gets red because you know they're trying not to laugh. That happened a lot. And uh, <laughs> you know, you pointed out Fred and Ted yes. uh, and Bernie were very good comedians. <laughs> and they took it upon themselves to teach me everything I know about comedy. So they were very generous. But if, when you are on stage with a lot of comedians, there's a lot of jokes, and that was good. There was a lot mm-hmm. of laughing between us. We get we would get in trouble sometimes because you know those things cost <laughs> money, taking yes, time. Yes, yes. But we have that's what held us together too. Well, that's very nice to have laughter. And they were very generous with me, teaching me how to do physical comedy, helping to point out where the jokes were. I learned a lot. And I have a pretty good sense of humor myself, so that was okay. I'm not surprised to hear that at all. <laughs> Something I picked up on there. <laughs> well, let's see. Life today is, I assume that maybe theater is still a part of your life today? It is sometimes, though I have uh, gone through periods of, of uh, too much anxiety to do it. I've recently gone through a phase where I had trouble... Uh, learning lines. Um, I think the last play I did was two years ago. It might be three. But um, I have recently been doing some small films, which is more fun. And I'm also, uh, I've always done radio work. So I'm starring in a radio series right now called Murder and the Murdochs. Oh, wow. Where I play a detective. And that's fun. That sounds very fun. Yeah, it is. It is. How do people uh, listen? Do you know by chance? I do. You can find it on uh, YouTube if you look for Imagination Theater. I think we have seven episodes out. We've recorded nine. They're still editing two of them. Um, they, you can also, if you just look for Murder and the Murdoch and the Murdochs, you'll find it. It's a half-hour radio show. It's uh, I do. I play with Andy, Andy Albert, who plays my daughter, and we're detectives in New York City. It's pretty oh, fun. I'm going to listen. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. And I'll be sure to spread the word out. Say, hey, check this okay. out. I, 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 well, uh, this is all audio. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Well, you probably won't be too shocked to hear this, Lauren, but I think uh, audio is, is just a wonderful tool for imagination and and that's one reason I love being a host and, um, and speaking with, with people like you. Well, um, oh, I have to say that this has been an honor for me. And I must say that I personally admire your strength 
to rebound, to learn from your experience on all the different um, levels to it, like you displayed and talked about. And I just want to say I really appreciate you being so gracious, and um, thank you for so many wonderful memories. My pleasure. And I have to say that we're here. I think God put us here to learn, so I try not to hold myself too close to the flame for what happened to me in the 70s and 80s and to allow myself to grow here in the 2020s. Well, I, I think that's a beautiful thing. And I know I'm, I'm always going to be cheering you on if that makes any difference. That It does indeed. Thank you very much. You're very kind. I just thank you once again. Thank you and good luck to you. To Julie. To Julie. To Julie. To Julie. May she have as much joy as she brought to us. Here's the... Uh, Beyond Podcast is produced, edited, and hosted by Stephen Brittingham. See you on another episode of Hollywood and Beyond. Thanks for listening.